The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast, everybody. If this is your first time, thanks for coming. If it's uh, if you've been here before, thanks again for coming back. This is a very special episode because it's the second episode this week that we're talking about. In this episode. Is something we've been waiting for, and that is The Mandalorian is out. And with me to talk about it is my friend, my compatriot, the one, the only, Michael Diaz. How are you, Michael? I am excellent. How are you doing tonight, Joe? Very good. I mean, how can I be that upset? I just watched The Mandalorian for, what, two and a half times, something like that already? Same here, but before, you have before, we, yeah. before we go too into that, I just wanted to say... I know we probably said it in our last podcast, the one that you've posted just a little bit ago, which uh, for those listening to this one was probably the day before, but um, we did post our podcast for the convention and I just wanted to reiterate one more time, a big thank you to everyone that stopped by our booth um, over the over this weekend at the GR Comic Con. I, I had a fantastic time. I'm assuming you had a fantastic time. I, oh, Absolutely. I, it was such a riot. So much fun. It was a blast. And, and there's there's somebody that I want to thank, too, as well at uh, the Comic-Con, and that is uh, Michael Diaz. So I'm thanking what? you, Michael, because – no, I'm thanking you because, you know, we started this thing, and we kind of threw it out there, and you've been extremely supportive from the get-go. So I appreciate you um, helping out <laughs> and, and doing this doing this show with me. So I've, I've had a lot of fun, and I think that the GR Comic-Con just kind of solidified how much – I'm just having a blast doing this and, and I'm just happy to be uh, talking with you. Oh, thank you. I didn't know that was coming. So we just, we just had a moment there. Oh. Well, you know, we're going to get into some, we're going to disagree in a little bit, I'm sure, but uh, oh, yeah. maybe oh, yeah. not, maybe yeah. not, maybe not. Who knows? So convention was awesome. Thank you, Joe, for setting that all up and getting the lion's worth of work done. Um, it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. It was, it was really so cool meeting so many people. And I, I know we don't have a massive listenership at this point, but the handful of people that stopped by to check us out, um, whether they heard about us from Reddit or were they, whether they've been listening to us uh, for a couple few months or however long, it was still very cool. Like I said, we're, we, we realize we're not celebrities. We realize we don't have a massive following of thousands of people listening to us. But... The, the listeners we have, we truly appreciate, and it was so much fun to interact with the ones that we saw, as well as to potentially get some new listeners on board. Absolutely. It was a great time, but that time is gone. And what time it's is done. it now? It's, it's Mandalorian time. time. That's right. It is, it's Mandalorian time. And before, when we get into this, when we started talking about this before we hit record, Michael, you had a really good idea about uh, breaking the show up into the good, the bad, the ugly. We probably won't do it in that order. And the reason we're doing that is because this is truly a Western, right? Yeah. 100% a sci-fi yeah. Western. It's it's not Firefly, but I mean, come on. 
we're talking bounty hunters in on the frontier. Yeah, this yeah. is this is a hundred percent western. So, as we said, let's start with the ugly. I'm going to bring it up because it's something I brought up. I think two or maybe two or three podcasts ago, saying that you know, hey, how am I going to watch this? Am I going to download something that day and figure it all out? Well, that's the way they did it, folks. <laughs> and what had happened to them? About midway through the day, even earlier, the thing crashed a million times. People couldn't watch what they wanted to watch. And that's that's not a good opening. I don't even think they made it to midway through the day. I think it was still 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. that's Now, and so, yeah, we both said, and I know you really, you know, put this out there a couple weeks ago. They should have at least allowed people to download the app early maybe had some kind of beta testing of some sort. And now I realize there are probably some beta testers out there that Disney, you know, identified to test the app, but it wasn't enough. And on top of that, so if you are a Verizon customer, um, if you're, I'm sorry, Verizon unlimited customer, you get Disney plus for a full year. Now that's cool, but that's not why I mentioned it. I mean, yeah, that's how I'm watching it. I didn't have to pay a cent. That's fantastic. But Verizon is the biggest cellular carrier in the U.S. So they even limited Verizon at least until like nine, eight, nine o'clock this morning. Oh, really? They could sign up and activate. Yeah. I signed up for emails a few weeks ago and they kept saying, we'll let you know on Tuesday morning, November, what is it, 12th? Yeah. Wow. We'll send you the instructions then. I was like, but it's coming out at 6 a.m. and then. So, in other words, Disney is not going to have any idea how many Verizon customers are taking advantage of this. If they had allowed, once again, people to sign up and activate early, they could have not even started the clock ticking on on the uh, subscription until the 12th. But at least it would have given them some insight as to how crazy, insane the number of new... Customer. I mean, obviously everyone's new, but it would have given at least some kind of hint as to the massive rush to download the app and start streaming. Absolutely, they should you have know? had that app downloaded. They should have had the app downloaded on every instrument before before the launch of shows. They could have put four or five things on there, like the making of the Mandalorian or something on there. People could have watched. That would have given nothing. That could have tested that thing. You know, I, I, I this company Disney's bigger than this. Right, there's no reason for it to to drop like it, unless there's some ungodly demand that they didn't count on. But I, I pretty much think it was yeah, they had be a to large have some demand. idea, right? They'd have some idea. I would think so, so. So that said, so that's that's really the ugly in that I was not impressed with the launch, and in fact, they seem to fix things at some point in the early afternoon, maybe late morning, a bit. Just so I didn't risk not seeing the episode, um, before lunch, I threw my cellular connection at Verizon. I downloaded the first episode of The Mandalorian. Took forever. And then um, had a few minutes and watched it during my lunch period today. So I left work and went and watched the episode. Came back. Loved it, but we'll get into that. But the thing is, I, I had downloaded it because I didn't want to miss an opportunity to see it because I didn't know if they'd have things fixed later. And in fact, the, do- the download paused several times 
because it was having network connectivity issues. And it's not because of my phone. I had a full, full bars. I'm right outside a cell tower. I get fantastic download speed. So that points to Disney being the problem. And even tonight, as I was setting it up at home and trying to use it, there were a couple kerfuffles, if you will. So yeah, they've, they've ironed out most of the bugs. But I did have to restart the Mandalorian a couple times. And I my rage level was getting ready to spike. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say kudos to LG. Because when I woke up this morning at... Well, I was, I'm up at 5.30 anyways, but I checked the weather before I go. And my LG TV said, hey, the Disney Plus app is ready to download if you want it. Didn't even know it was going to come on that TV. So That is fantastic. Download, downloaded the app, signed in in like less than three minutes, and it was working. This morning when I tested it, I watched like the first minute to make sure everything was... thing, But I had to get to work. But then when I got home, we watched the... You know, try to watch it again. And I'd say about halfway through, the audio stopped matching it was the audio was faster than the video so it was getting out of sync so i had to stop it and then hit you know go back to it hit play and from what i can see right now disney plus at least the app on my lg i'm not sure with the other if it's different for other devices but it didn't remember where i was like netflix does like netflix you can like if you watch it here you pick it up another device it'll pick up where you left off and it does not do that oh that's unfortunate i when I had to restart it, um, I, now I'm going through the Amazon Fire TV stick. I was lucky, and then it did remember where I was after I, after I had my Disney Network issues and reconnected. I was Got still it. able so that to might watch. Be, so. That might just be the LG app. Maybe there's something, but um, I don't know because Netflix that can change devices and it knows where I left off before. Like you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So if I watch when it, I first if I watch it, yeah. on, when I first connected on the Fire Stick today. I hit play on the episode and it was showing me the credits because I had watched it earlier. So not only that was cool because uh, I had downloaded the episode. So it even, it uploaded, you know, the stats to know where I hmm. left off on a downloaded version and kept playing from there. So that was, I'll give them credit for that. But the ugly yeah. of today is definitely the launch. I would not call it a resounding success. I mean, yes, I was able to finally watch something this evening, but you and I have both noted there were some issues. So, not not smooth and not without issue this right. launch. So right. I, I can't call it a success. It's not an outright failure. This morning, it looked like it might be a failure. They've redeemed themselves a bit, but this is not what I would call a super successful launch. Right. I will say one last thing about the Disney Plus thing. Just searching all the content, it looks, I mean, it's worth the money. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there. Good stuff, too, not just throwaway stuff there's a lot of disney property stuff out there that i you know i'm like oh my god that's on there oh my god so like the original tron i'm watching that <laughs> god, it's it's so bad though now if you watch it it's just so bad no it's not i've watched it not too long ago it holds up better than most put it that way i'll tell you what i'm gonna well we'll get to that so that was the ugly well that There's was the, the ugly. ugly of it let's now let's talk there's not a lot but let's let's talk about the bad of the mandalorian then we can get to the good. We have a lot more good, but let's. Well, was there anything bad you saw about the Mandalorian? I didn't see anything outright bad, other than I believe it's truly a first episode. So you know, there's basically a tale of the the first part's almost like a the cliche Western guy walks into the bar, right, and things happen. So it wasn't much new writing in that f f 
storytelling, but I think that was the point. Like this, that was setting the tone for the series. Like, um, you know, I, I didn't see a huge bad th- throughout the, the the show. Oh, by the way, before we really get into this, guys, we are going to have spoilers. So if you oh, have yeah. not watched yeah. the Mandalorian, if you have not watched the Mandalorian, do not listen to the rest of this. Go back and watch the Mandalorian, then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. So we will be getting into spoilers. So. With that out of the way, uh, the bad, um, maybe some makeup a little bit on some of the things, you know, I, I, you could tell like when it came to some of the creatures, not all of them, but some of the creatures, you could tell maybe it was a little more television than film. Does that make sense yes, when you get yes. a TV show? But, you know, listen, they're, they made that they're paying 10 million an episode. I don't think they wasted any money. Put it that way. No. No, and no, that, no. It was, it, was, it was pretty. A lot of, there's these sets are big. There, I mean, there's a lot of extras. There's a lot of detail. I mean, it's it's not. And I say this with all due respect. It's not just showing the bridge of a ship that you can make and you know fairly <laughs> cheap set. Uh, there's a little. That's a little Star Trek dig there, isn't there? Isn't that Joe? Well, I mean, a set like that makes it a little easier for production. I understand why they do it. I'm just saying they didn't do that here. No, that's not. But that's not the kind of show it is either. No. Now, yeah, some of those scenes, though. I mean, it's it's a pretty standard backlot scene that they've just you know gussied up to be Star Wars. So they're saving yeah. money in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I mean, me, nothing. Nothing too bad. For I'm me. sorry. Go ahead. Nothing that bad for me. Maybe some pacing issues, but not much. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on, on the pacing. Um. For me, they're only a couple of bad. They're not terrible, but um, the Nick Nolte character, who he doesn't actually play, he does voices. Um, I, right. I don't know that we caught his name, but the the little guy that we find on the planet with the whatever those things that they ride. They, they're, like, mm-hmm. they're not dobacks, but they're like half the size. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, that character was fine. I liked him. I, in fact. I'll mention him in a minute for the good, but the ma- that there is a makeup issue there too. The lips uh, didn't fully. Um, you, you, there didn't always feel like that character was actually doing the speaking, you know. So, and it looked like more practical effects, which I usually prefer practical effects. But right. sometimes this this I don't know. It just didn't. The lips just looked unnatural and didn't move correctly when it was speaking. So maybe this would have been an instance where CGI would have been better. So maybe it's again, it's not terrible, but it was enough to make me go, okay. And the only other really bad thing I'll say is also a similar scene when, again, I should have caught his name. I don't remember his name, but the little guy that he meets, you know, he's like, oh, you know, what do you mean you can't you can't ride this thing? You know, your ancestors, you know, tamed blah, 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 blah. And just like that, he becomes a horse whisperer of sorts and tells it to calm down and jumps right on and rides it. I mean, it was a little bit too, a little, little bit too contrived for me. It happened, I understand they have one episode to kind of get things going. So they took a couple of shortcuts, but... That just ties into the fact that this is a first episode. It's it's setting things up, and it felt like a first episode, you know. So yeah, 
again, I, I don't want to come across as if I didn't like the episode. Let me just come out right out and say right off the bat, I did like it. I liked it quite a bit. But we're doing the good, the bad, and the ugly in reverse order. Those are my bads. Yeah, which, like you said, it's not too many bads. I agree with you on the the maybe the mask thing, but it's also maybe there's a throwback to a or homage to Planet of the Apes was what I was thinking when I saw it. Oh, um, I can see that. So he plays somebody named Quill, K-U-I-L-L, Quill, Kill. And what's funny is IMDb has him as one episode. There's a lot of one episode people. So um, including as we start to get into the good now. <laughs> well, no, that's uh, let's. So overall, I really, really enjoyed the episode before I start so breaking I. it down. So did I. A, it's Star Wars on television. I can't ask for any more than that. It was. I. I I sat watching it like I watched a movie. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And they did everything to, I mean, they did everything to keep me watching. There was nothing I had to, like, I could not turn away. Right. So, like, every little step, even the slower parts. And give me a good. Let's get into the good. Pretty much the rest of this episode of this particular podcast is going to be about the good. So, overall, from start to finish, from beginning to end of this first episode, the story moves along nicely. There might be some slow parts for some people, but there's some, if you know, Dave Filoni watching a lot of episodes of his animated series, he leaves a lot of things out there that come back later. And I don't think I ever stared more at a screen or every little shot as when he went into the, the Mandalorian den or whatever you would call their compound or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was glued to that scene glued because that's the first time we see Mandalorians as a group. We've never seen that before. We just saw a single not people. Outside of, not outside of cartoons. You're correct. Correct. So I'm just trying to figure out when she says, you know, have they found your signet? I'm like, what? So there's going to be more to him than we oh, think. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about the Mandalorian culture. I mean, yeah, we already know the Clone Wars is canon. We know Rebels is canon, and they've already delved into aspects of Mandalorian culture. But I think, I think they're, um, Favreau and Filoni are going to build on that immensely yeah. in this series. So, what did you think about start to finish? What's your quick take? Start to finish, I thought it was really good. It was just like you. I was, I mean, like I said, I downloaded it and then took when I took a lunch at work. I went and watched that. I didn't. I didn't even eat. I was like, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have time to eat. I gotta watch this. <laughs> yeah, and I watched. So, I, say, I watched the first. I watched this first episode on my phone as well on uh, on the treadmill. So <laughs> yeah. So I I was hundred percent into it, and I I was enthralled the whole time. Um, I started to finish. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I don't want to be negative because we're past that, but there, there were a couple pacing issues, you're right. But as as a whole, I'd say first episode, solid B+. It didn't knock I, it out I'm of the you. park, but it's good. It's, it's, it, but it, and there's a lot in there where I'm definitely coming back. I mean, there, I don't think there was much of a question to that. It would have had to be in... I, I don't know. It could have been the worst Star Wars thing. It could be worse than the holiday special. And I still would have come back because 
I I would think I would think there's no way the second episode could be that bad, <laughs> right? So no, no, no. There's very little they could have done to dissuade me from wanting to watch the next episode. But that said, there was so much I enjoyed about this. I enjoyed, you know, I the the character of the Mandalorian is fantastic. Um, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog, I'm, I'm gonna mess up his name. He was a delight. He, he chewed up the scenery in that when he showed up. You know, he just and he, right. he did it by just sitting there. He just he played with the dialogue, and it was just oh, it was it was so good. I loved him in that scene. It was just so yeah. Good. From the overall, like I said, as, uh, with the good, they the color. The art direction, the way it's shot, felt Star Wars. It didn't. It didn't feel like another sci-fi show. Like there, it, it. So it had this. It had the Star Wars gravitas of from character design, creature design, um, world building. So it, it felt. It felt Star Wars. It didn't feel, you know, like a cheap version. Put it that way. Yeah, and there's also there's so there's quite a bit of throwbacks to the Star Wars we all know and love in various scenes. And maybe the snitch. Just, what's that? Yeah. The just, snitch, the taxi driver. Like I was curious. Yes. 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 Love that. Love that. But yeah, so that's a good, that's a good thing you brought up. Let's let's is, was it good for all the callbacks for the fans? Do you think that was a good thing or is it pandering? You know, it's hard to say, well, here's, it's not hard to say for me because I'm usually really mindful of it, and like I, when JJ is doing it lately, it upsets me. In this episode, I thought it was a, the perfect balance of throwback and rode the line perfectly between throwback and fan service pandering. Mm-hmm. That's my take, which I know I get teased for being the negative guy and. Yeah, when when J.J. Abrams does it, I'm like, oh, God, he doesn't have an original thought. And I still think that because it has to be done with a deft hand. And I think Favreau and Filoni have a better touch of it. So, because there's lots of throwbacks, right? You see, you know, the snitch, yes. You know, as soon as he started speaking, I was like, oh, who doesn't remember that voice from, you know, Star Wars or A New Hope, whatever you want to call it, right? Right. Right. So, you know, things like that. And then obviously any kind, anytime you go into a bar, you think of the cantina, cantina scene. Um, there's, you know. But even the little, even the little things like, you know, the little ball that comes out like Jabba's palace and checks his ID. You yes. Know. But, in, in, or the, like, uh, what's the droid, the power droid? What do they also call it? Is that called the donk droid or something? I forget what they're called. The gonk. Gonk. Thank gonk. you. Gonk. Yeah. Gonk. Yeah. Gonk. I but, loved it. But they should exist. Yeah, they should exist. It's it's the world, right? That's those world building. There should be more than one of these things, which is my biggest problem with the newer films because it's like there's not even the same creatures. Like at least Mandalorian, I saw a couple of Jawas. I saw a, a Rodian. I saw, but I also saw new creatures. So like I feel like the new movies have, have walked away from anything that was old, period, in terms of world building and then this one. So I don't want to get into that negative of the other of the films or anything. I'm just saying that like because they threw in some creatures that I've seen before, that's okay. It's a good thing, you know? Yeah, and I'm, maybe I'm not good enough of a geek to not know the race, but 
salacious crumb, whatever his race was, when they showed one yeah. cooking on a spit. And then the, the other, other one in the cage. <laughs> it was it was a little bit heartbreaking, but you're also a salacious crumb was a huge dick, so I'm like, eh, I don't feel too bad. In fact, and I said something to Sheila, he said, you know, we don't know how sentient or how smart those creatures are. I mean, he was Salacious Crumb was Jabba's pet. You know, he laughed at everyone, but how smart was he really? I mean, was he sentient? I said, right. We eat pigs and they're pretty smart, so maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's another species that we'll talk about that's at the end of the show. But that's yeah, not let's save for now that we're one. talking yeah, about. Yeah, let's save that. That's good. Um, so yeah, I, any I, I, characters to go? I'm sorry. Go to ahead. You? Was is there any extra character that you liked? Um, it's IG11 was pretty sweet, and yeah, in fact, yeah, IG11. He's the one that jumps out the most. I think of it. He was, he was fantastic. Um, but like we said, spoilers, I don't know if he's coming back. I think that we've seen the end of IG 11. Maybe I'm wrong. It is a droid. Yeah. But unless you, yeah, unless you put him on the ship and he can reprogram him to help him. But that would be the only thing I can think of. You're right. Which if that's the case, if this was as a one, one episode, I'm glad that he looks a lot like, but is not IG 88 because if get rid of IG-88, boom, like that in one episode, I would have been pissed. So I'm glad, oh, for that, sure. I'm glad he's someone else or it is someone But that else. was a great that was a great scene. I can sit and watch that thing shoot up a town. Oh my god, that was badass. Anytime. Yes. <laughs> it was so badass. And it, hearing Taika Waititi's voice, you can hear it in there. You're just like, oh, this could go so far. So the thing that's interesting, you know, about this first episode there was a lot. They showed us a lot over the over the period of what a few months of sneak previews and whatnot. You know, so much so that I don't even know where the series is going to go now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought that robot was going to be a sidekick. I thought the droid was going to be a sidekick for the re- the whole series. I thought the Nick Nolte character was going to be in there for a long time. I don't think either one of them are coming back. Yeah, and neither do I. And um. Oh, yeah, and then Nick Nolte character, God, I, I love the way he ends his, I have spoken. Yeah. I have spoken. That is so good. In fact, I turned to Shaylee and I was like, I'm going to start saying that when I'm talking to you. And she looked at me and I said, I'm not really going to do that because that would you know, get my ass kicked. But I want to. <laughs> throw it in there. Throw it in there a couple times. I have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um. Surprising that how many single, like what appears to be, people show up for a single episode and they're gone. Even, even the uh, the speeder driver. Did you see who that was? Yeah, I, I don't know his name, but I know he's you know like at a ton of stuff. He's a stand-up comedian as well. Brian plays uh, Brian, yeah, he always plays the geek. He's in you know. Well, he is a huge geek, and I love that he's in this. I know. No, it's great. It's absolutely great. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, I loved it. And I love the speeders too. Like you know, that's like there's already humor, right? Didn't want the new speeder with the astromech in the front, you know. Just bringing land speeders back was that fan service? It was kind of fan service, but not really. It's like that's the vehicle. It's like, oh, okay. So yes, everything's a speeder, though. I mean, you know, they don't have a lot of wheeled vehicles in the Star Star Wars universe. They like to do speeders. Right. So I was okay with that. I mean, we saw speeders in Solo. You know, we saw. You know, hover tanks and the prequels. I mean, it didn't bother me. I was okay with it. 
And you know what? In his ship, it's Slave One is a huge ship, obviously, but this one is really it's a lot cooler than I thought it was going to be. I'm well, digging that, that. It is ship. cooler. In fact, when they noted it was pre-Empire, um, obviously I don't know anything, but when it landed and we saw it, I don't remember the name of the planet, the planet where Quill is or whoever. When he landed and he's walking out the front ramp, I was like, it looks like it's just all shiny metal. It really almost has, it's not as sleek looking, but there are some design elements that kind of harken back to some of the Naboo royal ships. Not completely, because right. the royal ships, I mean, they look like sleek, you know, yachts. You know, they look very old school sci-fi, all shiny and stuff. This one had some of that, but obviously had a more utilitarian look to it because it is more utilitarian. It's not, uh, you know, a royal yacht of any sort. But if you, I, I'd like to see the ship closer. It looks like it is, like, like if you cleaned it up, it would be silver and shiny. And it had very smooth, rounded lines. Again, reminded me a little bit of the Nabooian, or however you say that. The ships from Naboo, um, especially the ones you right. ferried around. It, well, his they were called they were called Nubian. Nubian, thank you. Yeah, really, they were called Nubian. Yeah. Oh, if I remember uh, uh, Watto asking, "Oh, oh, that is a Nubian." Yeah, that one. That's that's unfortunate because that's what anyhow. That, anyway. Yeah. But this one's <laughs> called the Razor Crest. Yes, the ship's called the Razor Crest, and it's pretty badass. Yes. Loved it. I, I thought it was a cool ship. And of course, obviously, technology has advanced to the point where you can now put in the hold of your ship uh, a carbon freezing chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're like little cartridges. It was great. Look at these cartridges of of uh, uh, well, carbonite freezing chamber. In Empire, they took that whole huge, massive room, right? But they've really got the technology down now, 30 years later, because... That was sweet. I loved it. I, I yep. loved. Oh, it was cool. And having uh, Horatio Sands being the first one carbonated. That's who it that was. was. Hilarious. I recognize the voice, but it, obviously he's. Did he just do the voice? Because it obviously was much smaller than Horatio Sands. Uh, well, he's lost a lot of weight. If you've seen him, oh, okay. he's actually pretty skinny now. Yeah. So I think it was him. Uh, I know it's fantastic. his voice. That was but, fantastic. But I don't know. Uh, good call there. Good. And him, the, him, his little call back to like, oh, we're going to celebrate Life Day. I know. Which is from the <laughs> Christmas special. God. Well, the, you know, the thing is, even the rifle, the prong, like the, the tuning fork rifle, that's yep. that's also from, you know, the awful holiday special. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. again... You know, tips the head, a little, little wink and a little nudge, a little fan callback, which I'm really okay with it here. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like you, you have to really know it. Like, you have to really be a fan. Right. It's not in your face because it's the people that have watched it and paid attention to those details, they're rewarded for, for paying attention to those details. But it's not like, you know, Chewy, we're home. It's like this, you know. It's not that. It's not so much in your face, which I think is why you don't like the Abram stuff. It's a little more in your face. It's He's a little more heavy-handed. Yes, yeah, so that was the exact word I was going to say. It's heavy-handed. It's it's it, it it brings the films, and we're not here to bad mouth the films, but it does sometimes bring the films to a screeching halt. Chewy, we're home. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, it was, it was a big deal. Everyone stop but, and take in this moment. Yeah, but I did like, I will give this credit to JJ. I did like when they were running and say, not that ship, that's garbage. And then when they come back to it, it's the Millennium Falcon, which is funny. I that is it. funny. I, I like that scene. It was fine. But anyways, for the Mandalorian, ship was great. I mean, it just does everything right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, like I said, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There are a couple things we complained about, or mostly me, but as a whole, it was a solid, solid first episode. Many things to like. I like, I like the callbacks. Uh, I like the, you know, cameos, if you will. Like I said, Brian Poison, now Horatio Sands, I know, uh, Nick Nolte, Taika Waititi. I liked all that stuff, and it was fun. And I like that we're getting hints of a much deeper Mandalorian culture. And I watched, uh, there are some hints, some people online saying, if you look in that Mandalorian area, temple, whatever it's called, Vorge, if you look, one of the Mandalorians might have been Boba Fett. Some people have tried to get screenshots of it, which is hard to do, but I looked for it. Yep. And it's hard to see if it's actually him. Obviously, they're going to make it hard if it is. The but costume looks like it. I've seen I've seen the shot. So it, I, it looks like a costume, but it could but be. doesn't mean it's him. It could be, exactly. So it's all very interesting. I mean, I'll, it's, it's a great first episode because... It does bring you back wanting more. I mean, there's hints as to the Mandalorian's childhood and what happened. Yeah, you know, I was just going to get ready. I just, I want to jump into that real quick because I think what it did do a good job of is I do care about the Mandalorian. Even though we don't see his face, he had some moments where he was not joking around, but he wasn't just a mechanical sounding voice, which is all we've ever gotten from Boba Fett, right? So there was emotion in his voice, like when he's fighting with IG-11, you know, making fun of it or joking with it but he had he had some mo- he had moments couldn't ride the the creature and you know what are they called blurg, they and, and then yeah blurg or something like that and you know his character showed through and especially what you were just talking about you got to know a little bit about him and he's going to have a soft hout for foundlings right he was a foundling or an orphan yep and you know showing what happened something it looks like it was probably the battle of mandalore which is in you know the clone wars uh which we'll see coming up i think there's going to be a direct tie to the ep- the last series last series season of the clone wars we're, we're going to see the siege of mandalore um that's what it's about so i think we may get a clue who he is from that that uh, that animated series too don't 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 think they won't tie those together um, so oh, yeah, that like will. that could have they been will. a that that could have been something from the Siege of Mandalore when they were showing him as uh, running. I, I assume it's him as a child. That's the way I took it. That's my understanding. Yeah. So I, the, you know, the the slight fleshing out of that character was good, and they did just enough. They did just enough in this episode. I think just enough. Maybe not over the top. There's going to be probably a ton of people saying it was slow. There's going to be, I, I'm sure there's going to be some negativity around it, but this is not a movie. This is a, you know, a, a six to eight hour series that will have, you need, you need to pace it too. You can't just throw a bunch of crap in the first episode. Yep. I agree. I agree. Like I said, so. it wasn't perfect, but I'm, I'm hundred percent in, 
again, solid B+. I enjoyed it. I had a couple quibbles, but they're pretty minor. So let's talk about the last scene. They get through there. They, waiting, he's found waiting, his bounty. I was waiting for that, yes. How surprised yeah. were you? Found his bounty. Oh, incredibly. I didn't read anything. Um, Same here. You know, obviously, when they, saw, when they saw a baby, I was like, well, how could it be, you know, 50? Um, I thought maybe it was going to be a Wookiee baby. I wasn't even thinking about we don't we don't even know what species Yoda is. It's never been written down anywhere. Correct. Correct. We know that he's so, not the only member of a species because briefly in episode one we saw right. Yaddle, a female of a species. Yep. But that's it. That's all we've really kind of seen. Now I can't speak to the current canon in the books. I don't know if it's been touched on or not. I assume not. Not that I've I haven't encountered it. Right. Yeah. I haven't encountered it. So that is very curious because that is obviously a baby Yoda esque. Whatever whatever race Yoda is, it's a baby one of those. I think that's the problem though. That everybody keeps calling it a baby Yoda. Well, it's not Yoda, so don't we can't say Yoda because that was yeah. But we don't know the race, so the baby the baby Yoda thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I I was totally surprised, and in fact, again, it's another callback, but it worked. I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why personally I think it works so much better when Favreau and Filoni are doing it. Again, it might be because what you suggested earlier with the heavy handedness of Abrams. But for me, it worked and I thought it was a great reveal and a great surprise. And it really got me excited because then episode's done. Yep. And it's not the first time this trope is used in a lot of shows. They find a child or he, you know, the bounty he's going to, now he's going to protect the bounty that he was told to get. And now what does that mean? Cause he's got a lot of money in this bounty, right? Cause he's going to have to decide cause it's a foundling. He just found a child and he was one. So he's not going to just turn it over. Right. So right. Cause there's a whole lot of things going on. Are you familiar with yeah. lone wolf and cub? The, the manga from the seventies later brought to the U S in the eighties and nineties. No. Okay. The only reason I mentioned that I don't want to divert. Uh, I know. Too much. I know. Kim. Is it? Is that? Is that Kimba the White Lion? Is that the same thing? Uh, that's more like that's more like the Lion King. But yeah, it's somewhat similar. Uh, the only reason I bring it up is because I wonder now if this is going to become kind of akin to Lone Wolf and Cub when you have, you know, this Mandalorian who is a, you know, he's a bounty hunter, but you know they're a very prideful. Almost Ronin like speak, you know, not mm-hmm. race, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. they're very honorable in how they, you know, in their fighting. And, there's a code, right? There's a code. Yep. So, but he, but he's off alone. He's a, he's a bounty hunter. He's not a soldier. So again, kind of like this Ronin thing, you know, that Ronin is a samurai without a master. So that's kind of him. So it's a sci-fi, it's a sci-fi western, maybe homage to. You know, the Ronins. So all that to say, if if this episode, like I said, I don't know for sure, but if this series is about him now protecting this child, very, very strong influences, I think, from Lone Wolf and Cub. So, when, but we have, you know, this is a trope we've seen before. You know, the, yeah. the scruffy, maybe not so good guy suddenly gets a heart of goal. I mean, uh Another recent version of that would be Man on Fire with Denzel Washington in the last 10, 15 years, you know? Right, right. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with this creature, with the Yoda-type creature. I, You know, are they automatically force wielders? We don't know that. 
we don't know anything about that species other than Yoda. So clearly they're rare, I would think, because, I mean, there's something special about this one. Otherwise, they wouldn't need the bounty. I mean, is the emperor or oh, the emperor's dead at this time? So, well, you know, we don't know who's looking. We don't even know who's. Well, the emperor's gone. He's like, uh, you know, um, he's not active. Sauron. He's like Sauron. Yeah, right, right. He's in the back. I, I even get that reference despite not liking Lord of the Rings. So wrong. Um, so, yeah, it said uh, we don't know who's asking for this. We just know that he got a bounty, and apparently the bounty is coming from at least ex-Empire Patriots, as far as we know. Oh, yeah, because they're obviously hiding, but we don't know how much power they have. Um, you know, it's been five no. years after, so we don't know how, you know, well, let's face it, you know, kind of real world. Obviously, the uh, ISIS didn't take over the entire world, but they took up a chunk of Syria, and it took years just to push them back. Now, imagine you were fighting back an entire galactic empire. Five years in, there's still going to be a fair number of them out there, right? Oh, for sure. So uh, Just enough of them to start a first order. There you go. There you go. So, hey, when they when when you saw the reveal, it was the cutest thing ever. I mean, who couldn't? Whose heart didn't melt when they saw that that baby? Though I, those even eyes. I loved it, and I've got a heart of heart of ice. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know Michelle. Michelle smiled like, "What the heck?" So same with Shaylee. She was like, oh, "Why aren't you reacting? Did you know already?" I was like, "Yes, I knew," because I watched it at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good place to. To kind of probably wrap this up, we've we've talked. I don't want to. We're going to have so much more to talk about this series. I think that it will end it with where the show ended because we don't know where it's going to go. I think it's going to go in great places. My last take is I'm really enjoying it. Um, I, you know, without Disney, we wouldn't be getting all this content. So good, bad, or indifferent, we're at least getting Star Wars stories, and I'm super excited to watch the rest of the series. I think they are off to a great start. And I'm looking forward to Friday because the next one comes out this Friday. What? Yeah, there, it's a special one coming out this Friday. And then it's moving to Fridays, Michael. So we won't be able to watch them until Fridays. It's not Tuesday nights. It's moving. It, it, this was just to get it going today. Friday's another episode. And then it's weekly on Fridays. Okay. All right. That's going to that's gonna affect our podcasting. We're, we're not going to be able to talk to them until they well, well, But that's okay. We'll we'll, re, we'll just review it on Tuesday. Listen, we're not going to be the first to crack any of this stuff. That's true. We're just going to take our take on it, and I'm not worried about being first. We don't have the we don't have the time or the means to try and compete, and that's not what we're about. We're about uh, giving our take, and hopefully, people would like to respond. If they don't agree with us, hey, you know, hit us up on our social medias, you know, from Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or even email us at info at Kybercast, right? Info at kybercast at gmail.com. Kybercast at gmail.com. Our email address. Just kybercast, one word, at gmail.com. Right. So that's what I'm hoping. We build our own network of people and it doesn't have to be huge, but we'd love you, Frida, to, you know, give us your well, thoughts. I think so. we're going to really be drawn to our own, our, our overwhelming charisma is what it comes down to, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we may not be first, but we're and, charming as hell. 
Yeah, we're we're not very humble, apparently. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you see, I meet a couple of listeners, like you know, a handful, and suddenly, you know, I'm I'm uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I mean, good episode. I'm looking ready for more. Are you ready for more? I want more Friday. I I I want it to be Friday right now. So that just tells you, yes, I enjoyed it. Cool. Anything else, Michael, before we sign off that we're missing? I think we covered it. I mean, once again, thanks to everyone that stopped by our booth. Uh, Hopefully uh, you're a new listener right now. I mean, obviously our current listeners, we thank you as well. Thanks for those of you that stopped by just to say hi. But those, maybe we got some people right now that met us for the first time Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Maybe they're listening in just now. So if so, just want to say thanks for coming by. Hopefully you stick around. Hopefully we're not annoying to you. Hopefully we're interesting. And as we sign off here, remember, if you do listen, please, you know, leave a review or at the very least share it with your friends. It's the only thing we ever ask of our listeners, share it around with your friends. And you can tell them that you can find us on pretty much everywhere podcasts are. Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast. And if you can, sometimes we found some glitches. Just search The KyberCast. If you search The KyberCast, it should come up on pretty much all of them. Spotify is really touchy uh, on the search, yeah. but you can find on us at Spotify, those. You and have to look up yeah. the Pike Hypercast, otherwise it doesn't come up. Yeah. Cool. So thank you all out there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us over the weekend, and we hope to see you all real soon. What a piece of junk.